What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Stranded Face podcast. You are in for another treat. It is a feature episode that I was featured on just a few weeks ago on the Take Action podcast with a former peer and just good all-around friend of mine, Nicole Simmons. She's also a client of Insta Podcast, who we helped build her incredible podcast because her message was one that I undeniably needed to be heard. Like, the woman is an action taker, and she requires that of every client that she works with. And real action, action that is perfect purposeful and meaningful, not the kind that just busy work that we consume ourselves with in the society that we're in today. And I'm sharing this episode with you because I realized after it aired that there was things I shared in this episode that I've probably never, ever shared before. Talked about being a case manager and meeting her at the age of 23, 24, and thinking that that was all that I was going to ever be able to do. And thinking that being met with during that time, tons of gratitude, all the while I kept having moments of wondering if I was meant for more. If I was supposed to do more, if I was going to spend my life serving these kids, driving them around in vehicles, taking them to job interviews. And it was so such meaningful work. It was so rewarding. But there were times where I was met with the question, is this it? Is this it? And I talk about how guilty I felt and how I felt like I wasn't grateful and it felt so self-centering of me and how I ignored it, pressed on, fought for bigger jobs, higher pay, more power, more authority, more responsibility. And it just ended up meeting me face first again when I was in another role. And just how time and time again, life will tap us on the shoulder, telling us that there's another path for us. And especially as women, we feel like we're not supposed to want more, that we're supposed to be grateful for what we have. And so we kind of walk through that journey and how the visions that you're having are real. You're not going to have a vision that wasn't already created for you. It's a a matter of the fact of whether or not you're going to decide that you are indeed allowed to not only have it, but that you deserve it. So I feel like this episode was really cool. And it was coming from someone interviewing me that's known me since I was 23 years old. And I was just a case manager for a small nonprofit with 30 young adults called Youth Build. So she's kind of known me from the inside out. And I thought this was really a really, really special interview. So for anybody that's in their stuck phase, you're going to meet me when I was in my stuck phase in this episode. So go enjoy this. Listen carefully and just know that if you're in this place now, there's so much more to come as long as you answer the calling. So I know you guys will love it. It's going to hit home. So without further ado, my feature on the Take Action podcast with Nicole Simmons. Hope you love it. Understand that we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, you guys? It is Nicole here, and I am so excited today for this episode. Y'all, this episode is a very special one to me, and I'm going to tell you why in just a minute, but I just want to welcome, welcome, welcome Jessica Hurley. She's the myth, the legend, the woman of the hour. to the Take Action podcast show. Y'all welcome her. We are talking today about something that I think is riveting for all of us in our lives. And it's a very important question, very important question. And the question is this, when is it time to do something different? Just sit with that for a second. When is it time to do something different? 
So we're going to talk with Jessica today. Let me let her in on this. Jessica, welcome. Welcome to the show. Nicole, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here and I'm so glad to be a part of this and watch the growth of this and you give this to the world because you you have a gift. You have an insane gift. You really know how to show up for people and see some things that people don't are unable to put words to or see. So I'm so excited to be a part of this and watch you do this and take action is the perfect title for this podcast. <laughs> Yes, you know, that's me. And I know that that is you too. And we're answering this question today. When is it time to do something different? And we have a history together. We have a history. (laughs) You have have to let me explain to them who you are in my eyes. Okay, well, let me go first. Okay. And then I'll let you just do what you need to do, say what you need to say. But I met Jessica, I don't even remember the year it was. It was probably now, maybe eight years ago. It was eight years ago that I, I met like you. I was like 24 and I'm 31 now. So it's been a okay. while. <laughs> so it's been a while. The very first, I think, interaction I had with you was at a training. It was a national training in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And I was the presenter. I was doing the training and I just, you stood out from amongst the crowd. I think that room, it was maybe 80 to 100 people in that room. It was a really big training. And I had asked for volunteers and you were one that raised your hand. I think your whole table volunteered you or something. (laughs) I believe that. Yeah. But I recognized you and brought you up and you were just one of the life of the party. Like you were just so eager. And then we had a chance to talk after you had come up and we were chatting and I just saw the light in your eyes and it was a pleasure for me to know at the time because I was working with nonprofit organizations doing some coaching and training and you were actually working for one of those organizations and I was so happy that I was like, I'm going to see her again. This woman, I don't know who she is. But there is greatness in this person. And when we got a chance, you know, it was down in Florida Mm -hmm. and we got a chance to work together to do some coaching with the organization you were working with, some more training. And then I got a chance to spend some one-on-one time with you. And I was like, you're bigger than where you are right now. I don't know who you are, but there is more in you. We just had a moment over some really good food, good conversation, just to exchange Yeah, food help all the time. And I just remember seeing you, you were at one point in your life where I think you were like a case manager Uh at the time and to where you are now running a whole agency, empowering women all over the place, you know, have a really a global brand where your voice is reaching thousands of people every single week. And I can't tell you how amazing it is just to see the growth in you and years fast forward. It's not like, you know, we were talking every week after that, right? We met through a work experience, but there was a connection there. And I didn't know how I would see you again or where our paths were crossed, but they did somehow. And I can tell you, Jessica, I am super proud because it's when you see something in someone and then you go back and you're like, oh, wow, I was right. (laughs) That manifested. (laughs) Yeah, that was, yeah, she's doing great things. And it wasn't just that moment. I knew that there was going to be a point in time where we would be able to come back together and talk about that journey. So now that's my, my take on it. Now it's your turn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so interesting because I really honor what you said because my take is similar, except I was this 24-year-old clueless young adult that this opportunity wasn't even supposed to be mine. This training that I met you at was supposed to be my boss's training. 
And wow. we only could afford as a nonprofit to send one person. That was the what was budgeted and allocated. And she was supposed to go. I was just a case manager. We were a very small group. It was a, what do you call it, like an oversight or facility manager, oh. a case manager, and then the construction people. And that was it. And so mm-hmm. I was the lower tier of the two. And she was supposed to go. And two weeks before, something happened with her son. She had a young child. And she was like, do you want to go? And I was like, oh, yes, I want to (laughs) go. I was like, this is great. This is like management material. This is for me to learn all the things that she knows. I really loved the role I was in. So I was like, bam, great opportunity. At the time, I really loved what I did, which was helping Mm -hmm. at rescue. So I was like, I'm in there. So I go. And I sit through, I think I had already been through a day of this training. Now, full disclosure, and I'm just being honest, I started to get the feeling of like, I felt very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very, not uncomfortable, but like I stuck out like a sore thumb. Like you said, I stuck out like a sore thumb. I knew I stuck out like a sore thumb because this audience was older adults, a lot of older men because it was a construction grant. So Mm -hmm. it was like teaching young adults construction. So there's a lot of older men. And so I'm just like, where do I fit in with all this? And some of the things they were talking about, I couldn't tell whether I was just so green that I didn't understand it or if I it was so much that I just didn't care. So I was trying to like find this warm space, right? And I'm like, are these my people? I don't know if these are my people, but I'm passionate about it. And then I get into this session and they're like, okay, we're going to bring up our next guest. She's going to do this fun exercise for you. This is how you stay connected with the kids, blah, 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 blah. And then you get up there and you start going. And I'm like, it was like my eyes just flung open. I was like, that, that's what I want to be. That's who I want to be. It was like a whole day of like, "Mm, is this for me? And then I saw you and I was like, that's it. That's who I want to be. I found my person. It wasn't even I found my people. I found my person. I found my <laughs> my next role model. I found that you were there to motivate all of us that had this role to go back home and really take right. care of these kids and be influential in their lives and kind of keep them grounded. And you were like, here's all the ways to do that. And you have to be enthusiastic and you have to stay excited and you have to mean this. You have to be genuine. You have to care right. enough. And I was like, this woman is speaking up my alley and she looks good doing it. I have to know her. I have to know her. And you were like, I need volunteers. I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, like the kid in the class. And you're like, I I want to be the teacher's pet. I was like, pick me. I want to be the teacher's pet. And I worked my way up there. It's when you know, you know, you know, so I worked my way up there. And then I said, I have to. I remember finishing and I was like, that cannot be it. I have to have a conversation with her. I have to chase her down. So I know when we were walking out, I fixated my way. Like I made it to where I was walking out at the same time you were so that I could catch you. And we <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't no see way. it this way, but this is how that day went for me. <laughs> so we ended up having a conversation and the, and the rest was history because I just saw in you what at the time I thought I wanted to be. And I one thing I've learned is leech from an early age, leech onto the people that are where you want to be. Find a way to exchange value immediately. This is not yeah. a, a competition or a contest for me to see you, to get you to see me because at the time I'm young, I'm a workhorse. I know how to put work ethic in, but I didn't really have anything to show for it. So I'm like, okay, I need to find a way to exchange value with this woman, build some type of relationship with her, some type of rapport, let her know how much I admire her and kind of find ways that we can use each other in some way or form so that I can grow to be just like her. And so I was on a mission. As soon as I saw you speak, I was on a mission. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, I didn't know that. And it's very humbling. You know, you don't, what you didn't know was that was my very first national training. And I was super nervous. I was so nervous because I was on a team at the time of very well-polished trainers and coaches. It was, you know, what's really funny is that we were kind of in the same place, just in different places, like same season, just in different places. I felt out of place. I didn't know. I was like, how are these people going to receive me? 
I'm the youngest one on this coaching training team. And this is my very first time doing a national training. I was, I was my, they were knots in my stomach. I was like, but I have to bring the energy. I'm just going to be myself, you know, and then here on the other side, here you were in the same spot, just differently. And so how telling is that where not opposites, but same attract, right? When there's greatness in you and there's greatness in somebody else, they attract and they find each other. Yes. And then you see something in the other person that you're like, yeah, I resonate with that. Let's go forward. So growth recognized growth. (laughs) Stuck recognized stuck and growth recognized growth. And I was like, I want whatever this woman has. You are a rock star in my eyes. And you're right. I was in a growth a place. All I knew was my only job was to grow at that time. That was what I needed to do was to grow, Mm -hmm. to embrace and grow and soak everything in. And you looked like you had done all of that. So I was on board. (laughs) Yeah. And, and really at just at a place, a a new place of growth. And we've both been through that journey, but at that time, so you said you were a case manager at the time, working for a nonprofit organization, serving at risk youth and 24 years old, trying to figure things out, but this desire in you for more. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like a go-getter. I mean, you've, <laughs> I'm not going to tell all your business. Go ahead. You are, you are a go-getter. You graduated, got, went and got your master's degree, had a son and your son had some medical challenges at the very beginning of his life. And you had to really fight for his life. And you've been a champion, a champion. So I'm like, but I, I don't want to spill your beans. You tell us, Jessa, tell us kind of, okay, you started as a case manager. I said all that stuff. What bring us through your journey to where you are now? Because now you are, I mean, literally globally touching people's lives. Oh my God. I'm getting the chills when you're saying this. It's it's kind of, you're bringing like gratitude onto me because I'm being reminded of like sitting in temporary moments right now where like, am I doing enough? Am I getting there fast enough? Am I doing what I need to do to push mm-hmm. and scale this business forward? But you're bringing all this up and it's just bringing like, I'm receiving like a flood of, of gratitude and emotions because I'm like, wow, that is where I was at. And that was eight six, six years ago, like six, seven years ago. I can't Mm -hmm. believe that I'm here now. And Mm -hmm. it's so funny because the blessing that I received, and I've been saying this since I was like 19 years old, there was one thing that I knew for sure that I was blessed with. And it Mm -hmm. was that I was surrounded by people that had no idea what their passion was and no idea what their gift was. I knew Mm -hmm. at 19 what my gift was. I Mm. knew it. I was like, my gift is to help at-risk kids. I have been through some messy stuff, been arrested multiple times, hung out with the wrong people, made the biggest mistakes I could possibly make, and then learned from them. And then went to college and then got a degree and fought against all the odds. So I knew coming out of it, I knew God did not put you through all that stuff that you could not handle, even ridiculous circumstance and mistakes that you made by choice to not help someone else and see them in a different light. And I found myself wanting to work with some of the, what some would find the worst kids because five years ago, I was the worst kid and I just needed someone to see me different and brace me and and hold me accountable. So I wanted to give Mm -hmm. that back. And so- I was like, I knew that was a blessing because I knew too many people my age that didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't know their gift. And I was, I wanted to run with it. I was like, put me in all the places. I want to work at nonprofits. I want to run programs. I want to be at rec centers. I want to be around all the kids. And I don't care how bad they are and how you look at, look at them. I look at them differently. Right. So that was my mission. And I went into that thinking that was my life's work. And this is what's been really interesting for me about that journey is I, um, I did that for about from the time I was 19 until about 25, well into that job that you knew me from. And I Uh remember driving 
And again, so fulfilling. But I remember what you also know about roles like these is they wear multiple hats. Most of us wore multiple hats in all these roles, but um, you can be everything all in one day. You can be the bus driver. You can be the disciplinary. You can be the case manager. You can be the person that orders lunch. You can be the construction worker. Like I was pretty much everything. And I remember driving the bus one day and driving the kids home. And Mm -hmm. I just had this like flash moment where I was like, is this the rest of your life? Like, Mm -hmm. is this the biggest impact you could have? Mm. Is your job to impact a small community that will impact their kids for the rest of their lives? That's a huge impact. Or are you settling? Is your impact supposed to be massive? Mm -hmm. And I just kept questioning that. But then I was fighting gratitude. I knew gratitude. So I was like, okay, maybe you just need to be more grateful, right? As women, especially we're taught, be grateful with what you have. Don't compare So I was like torn in this place of like, am I comparing myself to someone else? Am I unhappy with the income that I'm making? And the universe would have it that literally six months later, I met the man that I'm preparing to marry that I've been with for the last five years. Mm -hmm. Um, And within a week of meeting him, I explained to him my passion and what I was doing and all this stuff. And he asked me the very question that was like trembling at my soul. He was like, I remember sitting at dinner with him and he was like, do you think that's the biggest impact you can have? Mm, Same question. And I remember getting upset because Mm -hmm. I was defensive. I tried to defend it. I was like, you know, maybe my job is not to impact thousands of people. Maybe my job is to just impact 40 people a year. And that changes their families forever. And that changes their financial situations. And that gets them out of poverty or whatever that is. Maybe that's just my job. And he was like, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's that and so much more. Yeah. And he was like, I just see so much in you. And I feel like you're settling. I was so offended by that for a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it had to settle in for a while. But then there was still this unhappiness. And that's so hard for me and a lot of women, I think, to deal with because we're taught to be grateful. So Mm -hmm. I ended up taking on another role. Uh, Another Mm -hmm. role came out of nowhere. It was a huge jump, huge salary jump. It was like 25,000 to 30,000 more a year. It was, I went Mm -hmm. from case manager, jumped from case manager to national Uh partnership director of a nonprofit that ran 52 of these locations. I went from one to that. 52, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) And so in that, this is me, right? This is me standing up to my fiance. And I'm like, well, I was worth more. Look at me now. You know, not literally right. saying that, but that's the feeling that I have. Like, you were right. I, right. I was worth more. Look at me now. I went from case manager to this. And at the time, I think I'm fulfilling that need. Mm-hmm. I think I'm fulfilling this need for more, right? More salary, more security, more responsibility, mm-hmm. more leadership role. And it was mm-hmm. great. It was great. Mm-hmm. I did. I ended up doing it for five years. I learned so much so fast. Um, I had so many people tell me in the beginning that I was not worthy of the role. I mean, I walked into those doors and people were like, you're 25. Like, are you kidding me? And you know, against odds work well for me. So I knocked it out of the park. And <laughs> I ended up looking up about three years later, I stayed for five years, but I looked up about three years later, and I found myself with the same exact question same void like is this it is this the biggest way to have an impact and I think the higher you go up this is Uh the interesting part the higher you go up and I'm sure you could agree with this the more impact you could feel maybe say you have because you're impacting Mm -hmm. more quantity more people Mm -hmm. but it you have less of a touch and so Mm -hmm. you have to decide what works best for you so it's like I was training all of the people like you were training all of the people at that time. I was training all of the people to impact hundreds of kids. And I was like, well, this is a massive impact. Right. But there was a super void, like a void. And what do we do? We have the void, right? We try to fill it. We start throwing stuff in there. So instead of digging deep to figure out what that thing actually was, I went and got pregnant and had a baby. So... Wow. So this is this is where the delay okay. came from, if anybody's wondering where the remainder two years come. <laughs> I went and got a 
master's degree and had a baby over this five years because this job clearly was not enough. I had this huge void to have this massive impact and it wasn't fulfilling it. And every time Mm -hmm. I say that, it's just like, I remember all those years just fighting this. Really, it's the ego. It's fighting Mm -hmm. the ego. I used to think it was like humility, but it's fighting the ego that my ego's like, this is what you know, stay in what you know, stay safe. Mm -hmm. But my mind's telling me like, you need to be grateful. You need to be grateful for the opportunity. You need to be grateful for what you have. You could have possibly never been this person. So you need to tread Mm -hmm. lightly and be careful. Oh, so don't be great. So don't think higher. Don't think that there's more. Don't think that you can be and do and have more because you should just be grateful for where for where you've come from. You know, you ungrateful woman, how dare you even think to look above the horizon and see something bigger? Yeah, yeah. Wanting okay. more was just like, you're <laughs> gaining an access. What's wrong with you? You're taking right. the buffet line. Like, get, <laughs> stop trying to take everything and just be happy with what you have. Mm. And I felt that all the time. And so, but then this is the interesting way the universe works, right? You tell God your plans, he'll he'll laugh in your face. So I'm <laughs> filling this void with a master's degree and a child. And I have my child and he's three months early. And we almost lost him. He ended up in the NICU for 82 days. It was the mm-hmm. most up and down journey of my entire life. Emotions yeah. ran wild. We bring him home after 82 days. He's only six pounds. He's just becomes healthier and healthier. And like the day after I brought him home... It was like the universe ripped off the bandaid. It was like, so God gave you this little guy that Mm -hmm. has proven three months on earth that he's more resilient than you've ever been in a lifetime. Wow. And you're going to, what, go back to work and settle? Mm. And compromise this continuing hole or gaping hole that you have to Mm -hmm. create more impact? Or are you going to act accordingly? And it like... It just took away the doubt and the fear that I was holding on to and this like capacity to overthink that I wanted too much. It made me want everything because I was like, look at what he did. I'm Mm. living life on the shortest terms. I have to live big. I have to live life out loud. I wasn't, Mm -hmm. and it was like another circumstance. When I was young and Mm -hmm. simple-minded and making all these big mistakes, I knew coming out like, okay, God put me through these things to show other. Right after my son, I was like, okay, to me, that was like God smacking me in the face. Like, you need to wake up. I'm ripping off the Band-Aid. I'm putting you Mm -hmm. through yet another circumstance that I already know you can handle, that you can already bear. Right. When you come out of this, I need you to wake up up mm. wake up quit playing yeah. small act right. like put this voice out there mm-hmm. it's even just saying that like i remember thinking back and knowing for a while that i had this gift but it felt so self-centered and selfish mm. why did you feel like that girl we could go all the way back to childhood but i'll keep it simple uh, <laughs> right yeah just a brief kind of touch i again it just goes back to the humility of like and i think we fear what we don't, what we see in others that we don't like, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm sure there were times that I saw other women being boastful or confident or showing off. And I was like, wow, she's really full of herself. I don't necessarily remember saying those things out loud, but I'm certain I probably felt that Mm -hmm. way. And right, we, yeah. a lot of us have learned to learn best from other people's mistakes, right? I say this all the time. Mm -hmm. You, if you and I were somewhere and we saw someone embarrass ourselves publicly, we would moments later be like, okay, check. I'm never doing that out loud because that made him look foolish. So I'm not going to do that again. I'm never going to do that. You know, it's it's a simple, wise check. And it's like, I'm willing to bet that those insecurities were deep enough that there were, I saw women live out loud and it made me insecure. Ah. So it was like, some woman's going to call me selfish. Some woman's going to think I'm too loud or too much in in the same way that I think about her. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so those are just your insecurities speaking out loud and some of the things that you don't like in other women. And I know for sure I saw that at times. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. was so hard for me to pick up on that without thinking that I thought too much of myself or that would outweigh the impact that I was going to have. Right. And that's, you know, you, you mentioned something that I think is we're talking about, you know, when it's time to do something different and what's what stops a lot of women particularly this idea of what real humility is Mm. you know being humble is it's not about oh no don't look at me no I'll just be grateful just okay I'll just stay right here and you know I'm just happy that I made it you know or I'm happy that I'm doing this and that's not real true humility it takes a humble person, a humble woman to say, oh my goodness, I realize that I have been made in God's image, a co-creator to be powerful, to be a producer, to be uh, a change agent and to step into that power and to step into that greatness and own it and wear it. And you're going to see me and I'm going to shine brightly. Why? Because I know who I've come from. That is because you know you know that, okay, I didn't give this to myself. You realize it's someone greater than you to step into that. That's a humble act to say, oh my goodness, I am going to exemplify the greatness that I haven't, that I don't even realize I have. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be on a quest to see that shine. That is, that's humility. Yes. And for all of us holding back, like this is a, I want, I want you to hear this. If you're listening, listen to me yes. carefully. This, this is a lifelong people pleasing disease. Like, <laughs> This, this, this is where it comes from, right? Because when I had, when I think back to it, I'm constantly breaking this person, right? So now for me to be a business, uh, a business leader and a business owner and run a team and lead a team, I constantly have to change my mindset to dare myself to do the things that I'm insecure about, care about my competitive Mm. nature. I dare myself to do it. So I say, okay, all right. So you're struggling with revenue right now and you want to hit this goal. Your mind doesn't even believe that you can do it, but I dare you to be wealthy. I dare you to be wealthy. I Ah. dare you, Jessica, to go get on that stage and Tell those women that you know that you can set them free by telling them your story. Dare yourself to do the things that make you insecure. Mm -hmm. Because you're Mm -hmm. coming from, most of us are coming from a lifetime. When I look back on who I used to be, oh my gosh, the people pleasing, the level of, I'm the type of person that if you run over my foot in the grocery store, I'm going to say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was in your way. (laughs) I'm going to start talking and then go, oh my God, I'm so sorry for interrupting you. Like I'm the person that, can I raise my hand? Like, even though that raising your hand means that you would like to say something. Like, I'm the one ask. I was the one asking for permission for everything, apologizing for everything. Truth be told, a year ago, my best friend and my fiance put a jar in here and I had to put a quarter in it every time I said sorry, because they Mm. said I said sorry way too much. Yeah. So it's like we come from this place of like, in in whatever it may be, if it's it's a feminine thing, if it is your parents. I know my mother said sorry a lot. She apologized Mm -hmm. her way through everything. So it's Mm -hmm. like coming from that to daring to lead, you have to break 30 plus years of behavior, taught behavior. And so breaking that person has been the hardest part of this pivot and transition from employee to Mm. being someone else's expert to leading and being my own expert. Mm. I've had to completely break who I am. Wow. Listen, you said you (laughs) dared yourself. And I think that's a a major key, a, a major action step that if you're, for those of you that are listening, the area that you're feeling insecure about I, I'm going to highlight that. I want to dare you. Jessica just dared you. I dare she, you. She said, I dare you to do the very thing that you're insecure about. I dare you to do it. And when you do that, it's going to propel you to a whole different 
dimension. You're going to see a part of yourself that you have never seen before. Because here's the thing that I know. When you can live a life free of the thing that you were insecure about, you feel powerful. Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And then listen, this is what I want to tell you. When you think about the thing you're insecure about, and then you go, okay, I've always wanted to change lives, but I'm scared to death to step on that stage. I dare myself to step on that stage. And then you feel that flame. And then all of a sudden it dies because you think about what people think. I have mm-hmm. a very clear root awakening for you. I need you to understand something when I say this. Mm-hmm. They are going to judge you whether you hit the mark or not. So you might as well press the gas. If That's you good. continue to stay on the couch... Throughout this pandemic, they are going to judge you. If you continue mm-hmm. to go back to work, make your same salary, never ask for a promotion, never speak up and never do anything, they are going to judge you. Someone's going to say you're lazy. Somebody's going somebody's to say you don't want more. Somebody's going to say you don't fight for yourself, that you're a people pleaser, mm-hmm. that you don't do anything. Someone's going to judge you. If you mm-hmm. go back to work and you ask for a raise and you speak up for yourself and you fight for a promotion, someone's going to judge you. They're going mm-hmm. to talk shit about you. Excuse my language. It's going to happen whether <laughs> right. you hit the mark or not, you are not, what's the word I'm looking for? You are not incapable of judgment. You are not, what's the word I'm looking for? You're not, um, I'm thinking of like the whole, you're not, um, it's like, you're not inoculated. Invincible. Yeah. You're not invincible from judgment is a non-option. That's a part of it. Yeah, we are all, we will all be judged. So mm-hmm. if you're thinking about the person that is sitting in the seat judging you when you first hit that stage or when you first take action or when you first show up for your business or you first talk, say, do your first Facebook live to talk about your business or your product or your service or to jump into something that you've never done or wear a bikini or whatever it is whatever. that you've never done, <laughs> right. you will you absolutely will underline the will. You will be judged. <laughs> underline point blank period. <laughs> All you need to understand is that they're going to judge you whether you do it or not. Right. So you might as well do it. And who is they? And who is they? And why do they matter? Woo! <laughs> who is they? And why do they matter? Unfortunately, they expands from strangers, the people uh-huh. that sometimes you wish you were people mm. that you're trying to prove that you can be like no and trusted mm-hmm. or and sometimes it's your family and your friends and the people that you wish would support you that may never okay. will okay so name the day you have to name the they and say okay stranger okay family member okay it might be your own spouse or your own significant other it might be your closest friends are the, are the they for you? Mm. And you have to say, you know what? Okay, they. you may not understand where I am. You may not understand my growth because a lot of times people want to keep you where they saw you last. In your box. Stay in, in that box. box, yeah. And well, they remember you that way. They right. don't see, they, don't, they just don't, and they can't just say, okay, let me, they, whoever your they is, mm-hmm. can't be you where you are now. But that doesn't really matter. That doesn't really matter. You have the judgment or the the fear of being judged or the fear of someone saying something off to you is that's going to be the the hurdle that you're going to obstacle that you're going to have to overcome, which leads me to say, yeah, I know you have some challenges. So you named one of those, right? Overcoming that. What was the other challenge that you had to overcome in, in your life to get from point A to point B where you are now when you knew that it was time to do something different in your life? What, what was another challenge for you that you had to overcome? Disappointing people. Ah, that's good. Disappointment. 
I knew I wanted to leave my corporate job and start a business probably about a year and a half. It mm-hmm. took, I mean, I remember I wrote that resignation letter probably five times. I was friends with my boss. I did that. I felt like that company in particular had given me so much grace. They held my hand through the situation with my son. They paid for a portion of my master's degree. They were so good to me, you know, and you didn't hear that anymore. I felt like, I felt like I was lucky. I was blessed because a lot of people don't get these situations with the companies that they work for. They get let go at the beat of a drum or when anything changes or circumstance arise, you know, they don't get that type of support. I was supported. So the fact that I was turning around and saying, sorry, not sorry, but I am doing something else. Mm-hmm. I felt so guilty. I suffered mm-hmm. so much guilt. I was like, mm-hmm. again, this is me taking a great opportunity and saying like, I can do better. And mm-hmm the disappointment but this is the thing and this is what I've learned about disappointment we have made the mistake of when it's disappointing a lot of people or disappointing Mm -hmm. ourselves a lot of women will choose ourselves because that's a lot less people yes so I'm going to disappoint 10 people at my job and all these people that you know bought my son gifts and did all these things for me to support me and made sure I kept my job while I was away I'm going to disappoint all these people well I could just disappoint myself and stay and that's a lot less disappointment to deal with yeah but the havoc that you wreak by disappointing yourself it's learning to understand that they'll get over it you will not their disappointment is temporary. Your disappointment will last a lifetime. Yes, it turns to regret. Yep. It turns <laughs> into regret turns to, yeah. and all type of suppressed emotions that your soul can't yeah. handle. There's never yeah. going to be a, a deep soul calling on your life like that that you were already created for. So if you continue to avoid it, it'll chase you for a lifetime. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Jessica is dropping gems right now jessica okay we 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 could be we can talk for another hour or two we gotta do a part two yeah we we need to do a part two but y'all listen i want to i want to get this in before we go um so we've kind of heard your story of kind of when you knew when it was time to do something different right and I truly believe, I truly believe that where those who are listening, where you are right now, there is something different for you. There really is. There's something different for you. And that different looks different than someone else's different, right? So there's no comparing of something different. Just as something as simple as, girl, you've been wearing the same hairstyle for the last 20 years. It's time for something different. Why? Because every time you look in the mirror, you're not joyful and happy and looking at this, looking at a beautiful woman and complimenting yourself. So when is it time to do something different? Jessica, tell us, give us three kind of maybe three pointers of when, where people are right now, when, what are some of the, the triggers to know when it's time to do something different just from what you've been through? So I feel like there's an 80% sweet spot is what I'm learning for most of us. And this doesn't go for everyone. Maybe this isn't applicable for everyone. But the the goal is if you live a a life truly fulfilled is that 80% of your time is spent in a sweet spot, right? So it's like, Uh where can I be in this place where I'm truly impacting people and Mm -hmm. I'm doing what I love Uh and how and and they need to balance each other out constantly. Mm -hmm. When I was getting to a one one was always when I was getting to a place where I felt like I was suffering, it no Uh longer became love, it no longer it really truly felt like work that I did not like, there's no point in an expensive you're just an overpaid worker if you don't love what you do. It no longer it, it takes away the passion. All right. Two, um, and every one of you know this feeling is that calling. Mm-hmm. If you close your eyes and you see a vision at night when you dream, while you're driving in your car, when you have quiet time away from your children, and you can see something. A wise woman told me this, and I'll never forget it. And I say it over and over again. God does not give you visions for the hell of it. 
excuse my language, probably should have said that in the same sentence. He doesn't give you visions (laughs) for the heck of it. Think about this. We'll talk, we'll tell our friends, girl, I see so much potential in you. I saw you do that one thing. You would be great at this and we'll believe it to our core. But when we get a vision of ourselves and it's clear as day, we think it's a fluke. We think we saw it in a movie somewhere or something. Like, oh, that, that, well, that was just like, I must be dreaming about that because somebody was talking about it yesterday or something. No, you do not receive a vision that is not already for you. You are just avoiding the actual decision. Mm, mm, mm. So there's a decision. You are just right. visualizing. Visualization plus decision equals results, equals transformation. Right. But you are visualizing. That visualization is yours. Right. But if you continue to avoid making a decision, right. you're avoiding your calling. Yeah, because you will not take action if you don't make the decision. It's impossible. Exactly. What's exactly. the third one? Third one is the signs. I feel like, I truly feel like signs. I really feel like if this is the thing for you, you have already received signs. Uh You have been avoiding them, but they keep coming. I mean, this is the equivalent Uh of like, I've been car shopping and I want a particular car, literally Uh this week, and Uh I can't stop seeing it. I went Uh with other cars, but I can't stop seeing that car. It's everywhere. Uh I see it like 10 times a day now. Yep. (laughs) And it's like, you know, you know Uh when people are reaching out to you. You know when you just talked about this and the next day your girlfriend calls you for that same advice. You know when like someone's like, wow, you are so good at this. Why have you never thought about doing this as a career or a business? You're just letting fear of making a decision and a commitment get in the way. That's it. Those signs are real. Hear them, listen to them, journal about it, visualize, and allow for manifestation to step in because I swear the universe will only chase you so long. (laughs) You only got a little bit of leg room to really make a conscious commitment. And people are so scared of commitment. We'll get married. We'll do all the things. But they feel like putting a ring on a new business or a niche or something different or a weight loss journey, that is just far too much. That is far too much. Yeah. Once you decide, when you truly decide that you want change, there's no such thing as failure. You try, you try, you try again. You gain data, you learn, but you don't fail. There's no Hmm. failing. You are trying something new. That's it. Yeah. And like you said, different sounds different. It sounds uncomfortable to people, but a lot of times different means bigger, more opportunity more impact consider different different might be the very different the different you're avoiding may be the very thing that you need in your life Mm, 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 mm. the different that you we're gonna park it right there the (laughs) different that you are avoiding is the very thing that you need in your life y'all i hope that you heard this message because this is a life this is a game changer this is a life changer this is transformative and right now you know Jessica shared her story she is now running an agency y'all Jessica please tell folks what you're doing and how they can keep in touch with you now because there are some that need to get their message out there and I know that you're helping hundreds of people do that now Absolutely so I'm now the producer for amazing creatives and artists like yourself so I run Insta Podcast it's a podcast management agency um, and our whole goal is to illuminate your voice through the power of podcasting. So every person has a story, a traumatic experience, something that they want to raise awareness about and something that's pat you're passionate about and is important to you. And again, it was given to you for you to share with others to be able to transform them and move them and impact others and move them to that place that is better for them. No message is the same. Every message is uniquely you and different. And I love giving people the platform to do that on. So Insta Podcast, we run over 30 plus podcasts currently. We're a production production and management company. And so we help busy creatives, entrepreneurs, business owners leverage their message through podcasting and we make it seamless 
tech free, extra work free. You just focus on your zone of genius, create your message and your content, and we handle the rest. So yeah, in touch with you if they are interested. Absolutely. So you can check us out at www.insta, like just like Instagram, but insta podcasts, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S dot com. And right on that page, you can click a button to schedule a call directly with me. Awesome. Jessica, thank you. It has been an honor and a privilege to have you on. Look, you helped me launch this podcast. Okay. So y'all, she's, <laughs> she's telling the truth. She is telling the truth. She is, she is really passionate about what she's doing. I really appreciate your time and thank you so much y'all. Until next time, be well and I'll see you soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.